And welcome to another edition of Sanctified Reason. Sanctified Reason is a podcast where Dan Delzell and myself, Sonny, them talk about the things that go on in this world through a biblical perspective. And one of the things, I guess, one of the bigger news items going on in our country right now that not a lot of people are talking about, and that is the fentanyl addiction and the fentanyl overdose and the people that are consuming this drug, the addicts, the addiction to it that's costing people's lives and when you look at the fentanyl addiction and you look at other uh, things going on with addiction and people getting addicted to all different kinds of things from alcohol, maybe to tobacco products, maybe not so much prevalent today because of the awareness of tobacco, but there's still people that are addicted to tobacco products, you know, vaping or, you know, maybe you're doing the, the, the pouch instead of the puff and, you know, you've got alcohol addiction, you've got gambling addiction, you've got all kinds of things. And, you know, when you look at, the world through the eyes of God, if that's even possible, versus the eyes of man. Sometimes we look at these addicts and we see rejects. We see people that, you know, maybe aren't worth our time because they keep relapsing over and over and over and the lifestyle they have to go through and, you know, the fact that they're 10 days sober, 10 years sober, they're always constantly reminding everybody about their soberness and how important that is. And yet those that might not have ever had an addiction don't realize the importance of, of uh, the soberness and the, the accountability and going to groups and stuff. And so anyways, when you look at it, God loves addicts as well. And so I thought, Dan, that's something that we can kind of talk about here on the show is the addiction that we have going on in this country, especially when it comes to fentanyl, and the lead, which is actually the leading cause of death for Americans aged eight to, 18 to 45. And then also just you know how God loves them regardless of what they're addicted to or you know even who they are as addicts. Yeah, definitely, Son. You know, what really caught my attention, as I'm sure it did for many people, was here a month or so ago, whenever that was, that those uh, five West Point cadets had gone on spring break to Florida, and they all overdosed on some drugs. And the story was reported that um, whoever gave them those drugs, that these drugs were laced with fentanyl. Uh, I don't remember if it was cocaine, maybe, that they had purchased. That might have been. Um, but then as I started to research that, uh, because it's not something that I tend to think a lot about, as you just mentioned, we don't always think a lot about it. Um, I, I just started to see how many people are experiencing that across America, either because of like a, a, an opioid addiction, maybe they've been prescribed some painkillers by their, their doctor and and now they're becoming addicted. They become addicted to those. Of course, we've heard those stories for years. But but this whole thing with drug dealers lacing uh, the drugs that they sell with with fentanyl um, to maybe give the person a little more of a high or to get them addicted. And and then there was a story right about that same time that I, I looked up. I saw online in Washington D.C. There were fourteen people who had recently all been hospitalized after buying drugs from, I believe, the same person, and nine of those people died. And it was, they were, it was all linked to a fentanyl overdose. So there again, it was a situation with, with uh, drugs being laced with fentanyl. And the more I looked into that, Son, you know, what, what, what the experts and the professionals are saying, and I think it's a very smart thing, I mean, any drugs that a person is getting, they're not coming from a pharmacist, not coming from a pharmacy, 
not not prescribed the right way, you know, by a doctor. Any drugs you're getting from, say, someone on the street or a friend or whatever, um, you know, you'd almost be safe to assume that it has some fentanyl in it, and hopefully that would keep you away from it. Because I know in that in that story from Washington D.C., I was stunned when it was one of the maybe the police chief was describing there in a, in a press conference how just this just almost microscopic amount of fentanyl would be enough for a person to overdose on. I mean, just, you, you could hardly even see it. You know, it, it would be such a small amount. And, and that makes me wonder then, son, I mean, how in the world would anybody know if they're buying cocaine, if they're buying even, you know, marijuana, um, if they're buying meth, uh, or if they're buying painkillers from someone uh, on the street? Um, and, and then as I just looked into that a little bit more, I just, you know, started to see, I mean, these reports are going on all over the country, that statistic you just quoted, I, I put in my article there in the Christian Post that was entitled God Loves Addicts Too, but uh, that, that statistic you gave, Son, about the leading cause of death now in America between 18 and 45-year-olds is, um, is, is fentanyl. And so this opioid that is so, so dangerous is killing a lot of people. I mean, think about these West Point cadets. So they go down to Florida, we're going to have a good time in spring break. You know, we're going to, we're going to drink. Maybe we're going to take some drugs. We're going to party. And they all end up overdosing. Now, uh, I, at least at the time I wrote the article, I mean, they all had survived at that point, although I don't know what sort of uh, heart damage and other things, uh, maybe a couple of them were still having, but it just really got my attention. And uh, the last thing I'll say here as we kind of get started in this topic today, son, I, I remember uh, a guy that I developed a friendship with by the name of David when I was uh, teaching a Bible study at the county jail here in our community here a, a, a number of years ago. And I taught that Bible study for about five years there at the county jail. And, and this, uh, this young man, and when I say young man, he was probably, you know, in his 30s at the time. He had had a cocaine addiction in his life that he'd really battled and gotten him into a lot of trouble. But he said something to me that I've never forgotten. Because I think one time I may have asked him, you know, What's it like when you just are craving that drug? What would you compare it to? And, and he said for him, the closest thing he can compare that to is like if you're underwater and you have to come up for a breath because you're just, you know, you're going to drown. I mean, you, you have to get oxygen. And I never thought about how strong that desire is. Um, you know, compared to something like this, because, you know, if a person hasn't really battled any addictions, although I think probably we all have in, in different areas of life, um, it, it might be easy to think, oh, well, you know, they, they can they can just kick the habit. They just don't have enough willpower. They don't have enough discipline. They don't have enough self-control. But when he told me that, Son, uh, boy, it, it just made me stop and realize that there are some of these substances that when a person gives himself or herself over to them, I mean, they, they take over and, and the devil takes over. And, you know, it's easy to tell somebody, just say no. But, uh, you know, these are, these are major, major temptations for people. And I think as we talk about it today, son, one of the things we'll probably get into is just the whole thing that as hard as it is to say no to temptation, it's 10 times harder once you become 
addicted to something and giving yourself over to that. And now, you know, kind of like the alcoholic who, if, if he takes one sip of alcohol, maybe he's been, you know, sober for 10 years, but he knows if I take one drink, I'm going to be right back to where I was 10 years ago. That's human nature. That's the nature of addiction, whether drugs, alcohol, or we could fill in the blank with probably dozens of other things that we as human beings get addicted to. So no, I'm really glad Son, that you're tackling this topic that we're able to um, really tackle this together today. Cause uh, it is so, so practical for all of us. Yeah. I remember one time I had to have a minor surgery and they gave me some uh, pain pills. And I remember the first night, you know, I go home and I want to sleep. So I decided to take the pain pill and man, I slept so good. My dreams were so vivid and vibrant. And I woke up the next day and I flushed them down the toilet because I'm thinking to myself, man, this stuff is dangerous stuff because I could see yeah. where the yeah. altered state feels so good. And, yeah. you know, I've, and then I've had other people tell me that as addicts, they're chasing their first high. Like the first high is the most perfect yeah. high. And they're trying to chase yeah. that. They're trying to repeat that experiment or, or yeah. that experience over and over. And then they start to yeah. experiment with different things because as, you know, our body gets accustomed to, you know, whatever it is, you know, whether it's alcohol, mm-hmm. you know, people talk about having to build up a tolerance with alcohol. So, you know, your blood alcohol uh, is able to take more and more and more before it impairs you or, you know, people that will, you know, smoke or do other things, you know? And so, um, but yeah, I mean, so that was just my little experience with a narcotic that was prescribed to me after a surgery. And it was, it was probably nothing serious. You know, it was probably my imagination too saying that, Oh, you know, um, but it was an opioid and I'm thinking, you know, I've got to get rid of this stuff and I'm just going to endure the pain because you know, that's how things start. And, um, right. and like you say, you talk to people and the one thing that, it comes down to as well. You know, obviously there's choices. Sometimes we don't have choices because there's people that do have mm-hmm. surgeries and stuff that do take the pain medicine and that's how they become addicted because it was, you know, prescribed to them. But I can never really fathom people that would take a substance from some strange dude in a back yeah. alley somewhere or some, you know, sleazy hotel or whatever. Right, and you're right. going to just, you know, it never made sense to me that that's what you're going to go pursue and yes. and try to take and then the other thing too is that if you're with somebody that's going to go down that road you know it's like you got to kind of recheck yourself on who you're hanging out with you know kind of like the decisions that we make but again more importantly yeah. to the point if you have to go to some back alley or some whatever and, and i know there's places where there's probably upscale places to get it but i'm just you know painting the picture of of uh, what we yeah. see in america and you have to go to some yeah. back alley and you have to you know, share a needle and heat something up with a, a lighter and a, and a spoon or whatever. It's like, you know, maybe that's yeah. not the thing yeah. that we should be doing, you know. And I just never understood yeah. why someone would even start that or begin that or take it for the first time. It just kind of mm-hmm. blows my mind that that's what people would want to do. Yeah, I know. I hear what you're saying, son. And here's the little analogy that comes to my mind that maybe – can help us to just try to consider why a person would resort to something like that. The image that came to my mind as you were sharing that, and I, I'm like you, it's hard to understand why anybody would do that. Certainly anybody in their right mind. But, but take this example, son. Let's say you had, um, you know, 10 people uh, walking across a river that was covered with ice. 
But the ice in certain parts was kind of thin. So there was a risk um, that, you know, you could potentially fall in. And then let's add to the story that five of those people are people who are, um, you know, living, living pretty good lives. And five of those people are, are criminals who are looking to hurt people and, and even interested perhaps in hurting some of those people on the ice they're walking with. So now let's picture uh, in that story, Son, that all 10 of those people fall into the river underneath the ice and the current starts moving them downstream where there aren't holes in the ice. And, and so now you're, you're gasping for air. You're, you're, you're trying to find where can I possibly come up and break through this ice and get some oxygen. And then picture song that you happen to be um, pulled along by the current next to some other people, but you can't tell, is it the criminal? Is it one of the you know, good people that I can trust? And, and so let's say somebody under the water kind of reaches out to you and almost motions here, you know, let's go this way. And so they have a way to get out. When you are that desperate for oxygen, you're not really thinking about, well, should I be trusting this person to lead me to uh, an opening in the ice? Anybody who's offering you the possibility of oxygen, even if there's a risk with it, you're probably going to be so desperate because you're running out of oxygen that you'll go with them. So that's just a little analogy that I think when people become addicted to drugs, and this just goes to the nature of how dangerous um, these drugs are. When you are so out of your right mind that you're willing to do what you just referenced on, you're willing to go to some back alley, you're willing to buy your drugs from some drug dealer who cares nothing about the people that he's selling to. He's just trying to make a profit. He doesn't care. You know, well, I suppose he, he does care. He doesn't want them all to die because then they can't buy any more of his drugs. But he really doesn't care about the people at all that he's selling to. Um, when you're that desperate, um, that's the only thing I can think, Son. That, and, and let's go back to these five West Point cadets now down in Florida. So you start drinking. Um, you're, 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 you know, feeling uh, the buzz or maybe you're just really um, completely drunk, you know, and then somebody comes along or, or you're, you're alert enough to know, yeah, hey, I'll, I'll try these drugs. Um, I, I, I think it all goes to show why the Bible says be self-controlled and alert. Your enemy, uh, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. And so who is the devil looking for? He's looking for people who have allowed their minds to become messed up, either with false ideologies, as we see today, and, and we've talked about many of those here on the podcast, false ideologies, I'll just give one. The ideology that says there is no absolute truth. You can create your own truth. Um, or by the, uh, or messed up by, by a substance. You know, Son, last night in our uh, Bible study, um, one of our women afterwards was, was telling me about a story. And I'm not surprised in a way, but I just hadn't seen this story yet. Maybe you've seen it. You and I haven't even talked about it yet. Um, we have talked on the podcast about the crazy ideology that, that um, encourages young children to decide if they want to 
try to change their gender and all the dangers with that child abuse of, of children then being um, guided in the path of uh, hormone suppressing drugs, hormone therapy to try and alter their, their makeup um, and then leading them in the direction of radical surgery to change their body. But I tell you, last night when she told me, and I, I wonder, maybe you've heard about it. It almost sounds like a joke, but she said, no kidding. And I don't know if she, if she wasn't sure if they were called flurries or fluffies or something, but apparently there's some name for children now in certain schools where now some children are choosing um, the identity of, of an animal like a cat or a dog. And what she said is some of them are like, they're allowed to get down on the ground. Some of them have been like barking. She said there was one uh, child who uh, ended up, you know, going to go to the bathroom on the carpet because this person said, uh, you know, they didn't have a litter box to go in. Now, I hope that that's not actually happening. But the day in which we live, when little boys are told they can be little girls, little girls are told they can be little boys. I guess nothing should surprise us, but that's just the latest bit of lunacy, and it's so sad. Uh, but, but when you have no anchor, when you have no truth, when you can create your own truth, um, there are people who are addicted to false ideologies, and those are every bit as dangerous as people who are addicted to, uh, to fentanyl, to, to meth, to... Um, cocaine, etc. Yeah, they're called um, furries because they furries, are, yeah, act like animals. And and you know, in the world of, I don't want to call it sexual deviancy, but you know, furries are people that start out that dress up in costumes, adults that dress up in costumes and engage in adult behavior, um, dressed as animal costumes. You know, so again, the whole idea isn't just gender ideology when it comes to this addiction yeah, and, it, and that's yeah, what it is yeah. it's because it's a sexual addiction it's a deviant sexual addiction um what it's coming from is it's stemming from something much darker and deeper yes than what yes. people even think so they might think oh how cute they're identifying as a cat no yes. they're being indoctrinated with a with an addiction of whatever the person that's indoctrinating them because again nature versus nurture no person yeah. ever will ever identify yeah. as anything other than what they are unless they're either yeah. a told b satan has a strong hold on them and they will never identify mm-hmm. as an animal unless they were like told to do so so you know that's something that's that's dangerous yeah. that's out there but you know think about it think about like it goes back to you know like i said i i can't understand anybody for the life of me the first time would or any time would want to go to some back alley some sleazy pace whatever to get right. a drug, okay? Obviously, if that's what you're doing, probably something wrong with it. But it's the same thing yes. with this other stuff. I mean, I was just reading an article today, um, and you talk about it, you know, the the puberty blockers and stuff that, you know, I guess Jen Psaki yes. was asked a question about. Yes. And she says that's, that's normal. It's normal to give – well, how? What, what's normal? Let's talk about normal first when we talk about addiction. Normal isn't, yes. okay, I have to give you something to block yes. your body – from creating right. something in order for you to be something right. else. You know, that's not normal. I mean, you have to, right. you have to, you have to physically give them something. Now you're making mm-hmm. them addicted to a puberty blocker or whatever drugs out there, uh, to yeah. alter the body to change yeah. because you think they should be something other than what they are. And it's just, it's computer lunacy. It's, you know, it's just nonsense. Yeah. And that's, 
that's the root of Satan grabbing some of these people and holding on to them and bringing them into this depraved state, which then becomes a state of addiction because that's what they're holding on to and that's what they're going to believe and that's what they are going to do. And if you talk to people who have come out of the transgendered world or who have come Mm -hmm. out of an LGBTQ, you know, whatever it is nowadays, because I know there's like multiple things on to the end of that now. Right. Um, Whatever it is, you know, they realize that, yeah, it's like this addiction that pulls you into that world, that lifestyle that you have to break. Yeah, absolutely, Son. You know, um, you mentioned in that once or twice, you know, just the the hold that Satan gets on people. And and when you were talking about, um, you know, like people putting on, you know, costumes, it, it reminded me, I mean, over the years, I can remember seeing just short little snippets maybe uh, maybe maybe it was uh you know some ministry that was um addressing you know satanists uh or witchcraft but i can remember seeing uh some scenes briefly of people maybe out in the woods or maybe having their satanic ritual somewhere but people having on like these these animal costumes and so um when i was told last night uh, about these little kids you know, I, I should have immediately um, connected the dots and realized, well, that's just another um, satanic attempt to uh, to corrupt these children. Um, it, it, it's not, you know, it's more than just insane. It's more than just lunacy. Um, Satan is involved. I mean, how else can you explain? Um, you know, just going back to the transgender thing for a minute, or or these adults who are, including the president, who are in favor of young children um, being being guided in a direction of of changing their gender? You know, it's so diabolical the way Satan is framing this through people who've been duped by it. Because you know, and this is this is the way it happened. You know, when the whole transformation to push um, homosexuality upon America pushed that into the mainstream and to make it acceptable, it was all about. Um, you know, the rights, the rights that people have. You have to respect the rights. And, and, and that has gotten so carried away. I mean, and, and I'll say, we, we need to respect everybody. We do need to respect people's rights. Um, but that doesn't mean that, you know, um, you're, you're disrespecting a person because you hold to a biblical worldview um, about, about gender and sexuality. And... You know the the whole idea that um, that that little children are being are being taught that it's okay. Oh, and, and you know, and this is what you hear. Like even the president has been saying this in recent days about how you know, well, we're we're going to fight for the rights of these kids. Are you kidding me? You're going to fight for the right of a seven year old to tell his parents and his teachers that because I saw something on TV. Uh, and because I like playing with dolls, you know, I must be a girl or, or, or because, you know, I, I like doing boy things, um, you know, for a girl to say, I must be a boy. It's absolute. It's more than insanity. It's diabolical. Their whole defense of that, rather than giving the young people the proper instruction about their biology, about gender, about why they were born with the body parts they have and why girls have a period and boys don't and why girls can get pregnant and boys can't. And I mean, just the basic, just the basic truth 
of, of human biology and human anatomy, rather than teaching kids that, uh, and, and, and just their chromosomes that God has, has, has given them. If they have gender confusion, as many young people go through, then you need to be patient with that, and, and you need to counsel that. But in, in today's world, it's turned upside down, and Satan's just having a heyday with this. What, what, what people who have been totally duped on this are saying, no, those kids must be right. You know, um, that little child who's confused, we need to respect him to his confused ideas. We need to, to start um, encouraging that rather than counseling kids who have this gender dysphoria or this gender confusion. And that, as many people are calling it, son, that is child abuse. Um, that is child abuse. Uh, but um, the day in which we live, there's a lot of darkness. And this is what I mean by, you know, ideologies that people become addicted to. Uh, I, I mean, it's interesting and sad, Son, that the same people who are okay with that, some of them are also okay with late-term abortion. That if the mother uh, decides, you know, the week before her child is born, and she can find an abortion provider, you know, that, that, that we need to end the life of this, of this baby, that you've got, you've got a significant number of Americans I mean, thankfully, not a, a majority by any stretch, but you, you've got a number of people who are okay with that, and a number of our politicians who are okay with that. And, you know, how, how dark can it get to say that, that, this, that this child, I mean, I'm just thankful that in recent years, they, they've had the legislation that has addressed, um, you know, the, the, the period at which uh, a child begins to experience pain and they've had legislation in states that have said, you know, we're, we're not going to allow an abortion um, once a child starts to uh, experience pain. Now, obviously the, the, uh, the true way uh, to do that would be just to not have abortion. Um, but, but if, if getting to that point means at least stopping abortions when the child is experiencing pain, at least that is moving the needle in the right direction as compared to um, the needles that abortion doctors are, are sticking into babies to insert, you know, things into them that will kill them, that will burn them, that will destroy them. Um, it, it's unthinkable, but it's happening uh, because it's a dark ideology, uh, just like the ideology that Boys can turn magically turn into girls. Little girls can magically turn into boys. Uh, it's a dark, satanic ideology. It's a child abuse. And if you don't have wisdom from the Lord today, um, you're going to be susceptible to actually thinking that that's okay. Well, and that's the you know prevailing thought nowadays. As anything goes. Anything is okay, and anything goes, and anything is okay in a world of hypocrisy. Because if it's okay for me, and then someone else does it, you know, when you bring in that political side of it, you know, well, we can do it this way, but you can't do it that way. Well, we're going to do it this way, but you can't do it that way, you know. And so you start to get this hypocrisy going. So, for example, if you have pro LGBT, pro abortion, pro whatever, well, our way is the only way. Well, why is that? Why do you have that absolute thought that you think that's the only way? And then you talk down 
upon the other side. But then if the other side talks down about you, you call them out and you call them names and you call them bigoted and hateful and all this stuff. And basically you're intolerant of the other side in the name of of tolerance. You're intolerant in the name of tolerance. And it's just like it's, it's like a crazy world we've gotten into. And when you start to look at all the things going on, whether it's Army cadets going down and uh, getting you know, whatever white substance laced with fentanyl, whether it's an ideology of a social issue such as abortion or LGBT, or whether it's a personal issue of addiction, addiction of drugs, addiction of gambling, addiction of alcohol, addiction of lying. I mean, we've gotten so far off in this political world and the news world when they call lies fake news and misinformation. Let's just be frank about it. It's lies. If you're not telling the truth, yeah. you're telling a lie. And we've gotten away from right. calling it a lie to misinformation and to fake news. You know, it's like, hey, honey, I wasn't out with another lady. That's fake news. Really? No, that's yeah. a lie. Or no, honey, I didn't spend the money on gambling. I did this. Oh, that's what you heard and that's fake news. No, it's a lie. And people don't sit there and realize that what they're being told the influences that are coming to them and the influences that are being put upon them by outside sources, they would never tolerate that in their personal life and their personal relationships, but yet they tolerate it. You know, they tolerate these things that are going on, you know, and unfortunately a lot of people are buying into it, both Christians, non-Christians, Bible believing people, non-Bible believing people. And the lines are becoming blurred between the two. And it's pretty sad that we've gotten to that point in society and again it just goes back to the fact that satan has such a a stronghold on this world that people and and not only this world but i think what's even more so is he's gotten a stronghold on the church and the church is trying to conform biblical principles to the world instead of trying to conform the world back to the biblical principles which is the way it should be yeah you know son here we sit now um eight days from good friday ten days from easter we think about all of the things that we as sinful human beings can become addicted to, and whether it be fentanyl, whether it be gossip, whether it be uh, an alcohol addiction, whether it be pornography, whether it be lying, whether it be cheating, whether it be looting stores, you know. I mean, we could list so many things on that man is capable of doing and becoming addicted to. And the only answer is the answer God provided when he sent his only son into this world to save us. Because, you know, the ship, this, this earth and man on it had hit the iceberg. The Titanic hit the iceberg back in the Garden of Eden. When Adam and Eve, and Adam and Eve sinned, it opened a Pandora's box. And we talk about all the influence that Satan has. Well, because he came to Adam and Eve in the form of a snake and he tempted them, um, the Bible says sin entered the world through one man and death through sin. So drug addiction, all these other addictions, even death, it all came in from the fall, which is, is, is how we, uh, the term we use to describe what happened there in the Garden of Eden. So all of this stuff we have going on, and all of the ideologies that are messed up, um, all of the relationships that are messed up, our own hearts that can get messed up so easily. Um, we need the Lord to save us. We need the Lord to rescue us. We need the Lord to forgive us. You know, the perfect one, the perfect Lamb of God um, came to this earth because we needed a Savior. 
You know, last night in our Bible study, Son, we were looking at when Jesus went before Pilate. And, you know, those Jewish leaders, they were so intent on seeing Jesus executed. And, you know, when they, when they brought Jesus to, to Pilate, you know, Pilate's like, well, hey, you guys go deal with this according to your laws. They're, they're like, well, no, we, 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 we're not able to execute it. You know, they, they wanted him executed. So, you know, they, they kind of wanted to clean their hands. Uh, so they thought it was interesting because even as they were doing that, Son, they were, they were worried about, you know, celebrating the Passover and not being ceremonially unclean. They were worried about the little rituals as they were handing the Messiah, the promised one, the chosen one, over in hopes of seeing him executed, which, of course, is what ended up happening. But, but I mean, Jesus came to a world that hated him. His own people, so many of them hated him. Now, thankfully, um, you know, Jesus' first followers, his disciples, I mean, you know, um, they, they were Jewish. And then, you know, other Gentiles started to, you know, obviously come on board with that, too. But, but there were the Jewish followers of Jesus, the Messianic Jews. But there were so many in that day, especially the religious leaders, who, whose hearts were, were evil. You know, something I hadn't thought about, Simon, and I, I mentioned this last time in the Bible study, because someone asked a question about, about the, the, the Jewish people of that day. And the thing I hadn't thought about was this. What were those Jewish leaders' hearts like before Jesus came? Um, were they walking with God? And was it just that Jesus now came and all of a sudden they, they, they started to live um, with hatred and, and this desire to kill an innocent man and to reject Jesus with their sin of unbelief? And, and it certainly seems to me as we, as we read this song that they were already involved in so much hypocrisy and sin, they were not acting justly. They were not doing justice. They were not living wisely. Um, they were more focused on trying to appear righteous to others. But, but, you know, Jesus talked about their hearts being far from God. Because here's the thing. If their hearts had been right toward God, you would have thought that a lot more of them would have been very, very uh, open and able to discern the fact, by God's grace, that this is the promised Messiah. But because they were already living with such darkness in spite of their religious tradition, and that's not to say that all the Jewish people in that day were doing that, obviously, but there were certain leaders that seemed to be, they seemed to be so caught up with their position and their power, and, and, and they cared more about what it would do for them. Kind of like Judas, you know? Look at Judas, um, who just wanted the money. I mean, Jesus let him into the inner circle. Jesus let Judas be someone so close to him. And yet Judas betrayed the Lord. So man's nature is, is that of sin. Uh, it doesn't mean people don't do a lot of good things. But, but man has this sinful nature. And, and Jesus said, if the world hates you, keep in mind that it hated me first. Now, if there's one person the world should have never hated, you just try to think about this. The world should never have hated Jesus, but they did. Why? Because Jesus came and told the world, which includes all of us, hey, what you're doing is wrong. You're sinning. I mean, that doesn't mean everything you do is a sin, but you're sinning. You're breaking God's commandments. You, you're not righteous. All your righteous acts are like filthy rags, it says in Isaiah. Um, all of those animal sacrifices in the Old Testament were pointing to the ultimate sacrifice of Jesus on the cross, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, because 
sin has to be paid for. And the Bible says without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness. So in this day, son, of so many addictions, so many false ideologies, and where Satan is having a heyday, he's having a heyday. Uh, we need the Lord like never before. We need his forgiveness. We need the cross. We need the empty tomb. And, and I'll tell you, son, and I even referred to this in my article on, you know, God loves addicts, too, and I had some quotes in there. Um, there are ministries uh, that are helping addicts. People are being delivered. People, you know, there are people coming out of that by God's grace. I, I give some quotes in there from some people um, who are part of a ministry that is, is helping uh, people come out of addiction. So, so there is hope. There is hope for sinners like us. There's hope for addicts. There's hope for people with messed up ideology. But if, if a person like the Pharisees, if a person is going to just keep pressing on with falsehood, with lies from Satan, and if a person is not going to go to Jesus and say, Lord, please show me through the Holy Spirit, Lord, show me what is truth, what is error. Show me what is just, what is unjust. Show me what is good for little children, what is not good for little children. And, and when a person is blinded by Satan, um, they do things that are very destructive for little children, whether it be um, abortion, whether it be pushing uh, transgender ideology, whether it be pushing um, fornication, adultery, or homosexuality upon young people and teenagers. And saying that, hey, whatever feels good, you do it. You define the boundaries. You set the boundaries. Meanwhile, Jesus came to earth, son, because we've all crossed the boundary line of, of God's commands. We've all sinned. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So it does come back to having a mind, the mind of Christ. The Bible says we have the mind of Christ. The Bible says um, we, we can take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. Well, God gives us that ability once we accept him as our Savior, once he comes to live on the inside of us. Um, you know, I, I'm uh, working on an article right now that maybe we can talk about here, uh, maybe even next week with Easter coming up, but about um, how Jesus Christ created three resurrection portals, three resurrection portals. And without going into that today, um, there's a way that a person can go through a portal and be saved. Um, so that's our only hope today. That's our only hope for eternity. That's ever, that's always been the only hope of the world. Um, because when the ship hit the Titanic, I'm sorry, when the, when the ship hit the iceberg, when, when man sinned, that Pandora's box opened, the ship started to sink, the ship is going down, son. There are chairs on the deck that are flying off into the water. People are flying off into the water. Um, People are entering eternity every every day. They're leaving this world. Um, I was telling with you telling you before the podcast. I stumbled across a little video yesterday of an ex witch who um, now lives for the Lord, and it was quite a fascinating uh, discussion she was having with this other uh, woman who hosts a, her own podcast. And uh, God is rescuing people out of witchcraft, you know. Uh, they, uh, they, it was reported a couple of years ago, Son, there are now more witches in America than Presbyterians because of the New Age, because of witchcraft, because of the occult. There are so many dark, diabolical ideologies that we human beings are prone to getting entangled with. If, if it's not drugs in our body, it's some messed up practice with our mind. 
Um, and so the Lord came to give us the truth. Jesus said, then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Um, we're all sinful. None of us can, uh, can take any credit for being on God's team. But I'm just glad God wants all people to be saved and to come to knowledge of the truth. And so anybody listening to this song, all they have to do is reach out to Jesus, the risen Savior. And what better time than a week out from Good Friday and Easter? What better time, you know, to come to the cross and say, Lord, have mercy on me. Forgive me, Lord. Help me with my addictions. Help me with my sin, Lord. Help me to be a better parent, a better husband, a better wife, a better uh, child, Lord. Help me to be a better Christian. Um, forgive me, Lord. Fill me with the Holy Spirit. Now's the time, Son, for people in this day when fentanyl is now the leading cause of death between 18 and 45-year-olds. It's time for people to get, to get their minds straight, to get their lives straight. We're all, we're all big mess apart from the Lord. You know, we're all big mess. But, but, but if you're listening to this, my friend, and, 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 and God is speaking to you and saying, hey, he wants to help you, and I know he does, then just reach out to him today because the Bible says come near to God and he will come near to you. You know, when you're talking about that Pharisee story, what the Pharisees were like, you know, the thing that comes to mind, and in no way am I likening anybody to Jesus, comparing anybody to Jesus, but, you know, take a look at our political system, and when the former president got into office, the disruption that he caused to a lot of people, you know, the so-called swamp, and how a lot of people didn't yeah. like him just because of the disruption that he was, he was causing to their lifestyle, and right, I think that's right. kind of the Pharisees. You know, the Pharisees had this lifestyle probably going on, and Jesus yes. was coming in and changing the minds mm -hmm. of people that maybe these Pharisees had a grasp on, you know, just like our political system. And now they're starting right. to open their eyes and see there's something different. And so they hated Jesus just not only because of the fact that he was Jesus, but the mere fact that yes. he was disrupting you know, probably yes. their lifestyle and their and the, their their yeah. influence and the and the world that they had going on, which again, a threat to their power, right? That's what I was gonna say. The addiction to power and to having that authority over people and having people, you know, believe and think and act upon everything that you say. You know what they say: drunk on power. You know, and absolute power. Yeah. You know, corrupts absolutely. And so you have all that going on, and Jesus is the disruptor of all that. And so if that's going to be the case, then imagine in this world today what Satan and what other people, you know, if a Christian steps forward to speak out against LGBT or against abortion or against whatever issue is out there, imagine the pushback and the blowback that they're going to get because you're disrupting something, you know, the swamp that they're living in, and they want everybody else to be in that swamp and to abide by their swamp rules just like the Pharisees did. Well, that's right, Tommy. Just look at the pushback that Elon Musk is getting because he now has become the largest uh, shareholder in Twitter because he's basically come out and said, hey, um, he wants that to be a place of free speech, not, not a place where, you know, uh, alternative ideas get shut down if they don't fit with some, you know, far left agenda. And, and, uh, and so isn't it interesting that, 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 that those radicals who, you know, tout um, that they're for free speech, it's like many of them, they're only for free speech if, if, if the speech agrees with them. Um, and that's why I, I'm glad to see Elon Musk doing this. I don't see him saying, oh, we're going to shut down 
a certain perspective. And, and you got that in college campuses today. You have some people going on to college campuses who uh, want to share a conservative perspective on some issues. And you got students trying to shut them down from coming onto campus and sharing that view. Um, that is not what America has ever been. That's not good for any society. Um, if, if you can't have a free exchange of ideas, um, you don't even realize how addicted you are to power and to control. And, and I'll tell you, I, I, where, where this is really also being seen, Son, you know, uh, back in uh, October of 2020, when the reports started coming out about Hunter Biden's laptop, um, the mainstream liberal, uh, mainstream media, like the, the New York Times and, 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 and the liberal media, they wouldn't touch the story. Now, guess what? We're finding out it's all true. You know, the New York Post uh, was publishing it. Um, Fox News was publishing it. Um, but we're, we're, we're finding out um, that it was all true. Now, you know, Michael Brown had an interesting article on the Christian Post here a few days ago, basically saying, you know, conservative Christians, don't put your hope in Fox News. And his whole point was this, Don. Uh, he, he quoted the CEO, uh, Suzanne someone, I forget her last name, of Fox, basically where um, she was celebrating the fact of, of uh, now they've got, um, you know, Caitlyn Jenner, formerly Bruce Jenner, um, as like a, a regular speaker on their show, and, and they're celebrating this. So while... while um, what I've seen is like, you know, Tucker Carlson uh, on their on their primetime lineup has come out and spoken about the child abuse of, of, of pushing transgenderism on children. You've also got those on this, you know, quote unquote, conservative network that have totally bought hook, line and sinker this idea that if Bruce Jenner wants to call himself a woman, then we're, we're going to not only support that, we're going to have him come on as a role model, you know, so, so my only point with that is this song, um, no matter how much wisdom on some issues a person may exhibit, whether it be Elon Musk with his, uh, ideas for Twitter, whether it be, um, you know, common sense, uh, issues on Fox, like for example, when they were saying to the world, you really need to look at this Hunter Biden issue. And, and you know, there were, Plenty of people who voted for Biden who said, if I had known about that Hunter Biden laptop, I wouldn't have voted for him. He wouldn't have become president. Well, it got shut down. It got shut down by the liberal mainstream media. And that put Joe Biden in office and has created, you know, the chaos that, that has been caused in Afghanistan and, and so many other places. Now, not to say that Trump is some savior of the world or some savior of America, but, but at the same time, um, I mean, I think people recognize a, a leader when they see one, even if they don't like um you know, obviously some of the mean spirited things that get done. I mean, you know, thankfully, son, we don't, we're not a theocracy in America. We don't, we don't look for a president to be our savior. We have a savior, Jesus. Um, the kingdom that we're in is eternal. Um, Jesus said, my kingdom is not of this world. Um, we should never view uh, the nation that we live in as a higher pursuit than our eternal kingdom, because as Christians, um, we, we've been called to be salt and light in this world. And, and I am thankful for those conservative people who care about, um, you know, the evil of late-term abortion, who care about the uh, abuse of children, um, you know, directing them uh, to go along with their confused uh, ideas about gender, you know, who, who, who care about 
uh, a lot of other things. But that's not to say that, you know, uh, conservatives are without sin or that, or, or that liberals, um, you know, uh, are the only ones with, with problems. Um, it simply says, son, that we live in a broken world. And as the ship is going down, okay, some people in the midst of this chaos are going to get certain things right. And they're not going to get other things right. And, and, and so obviously in the midst of the transgender chaos, the quote-unquote conservative outlet, as Michael Brown pointed out in his Christian Post article, um, they're standing up for something that, that God hates. You know, God hates it when man um, tries to redefine gender. God hates it when, when man tries to redefine sexuality, um, you know, tries to promote fornication, adultery, or homosexuality, or tries to promote um, a person trying to change their gender um, through therapy and through surgery. Um, this is something Satan wants to do. And, and just because Bruce Jenner has now turned into Caitlyn Jenner, um, that doesn't mean that it's good for him or good for children. And um, so we'll just have to see. Uh, and now that, you know, we've got, you know, children being told they can be cats and dogs apparently too. Um, I, I really wonder when this transgender thing started to really, um, they started to push it mainstream, just like they did with, you know, homosexuality, remember years ago. I really wondered, son, you know, is this going to be a bridge too far for many people? And it's been interesting because you've had people, um, even people on the left who've come out against this and said, this is, this is crazy. You know, you can't change your biology. You can't change your chromosomes. You can't change uh, your gender. Men aren't going to be able to have a period or get pregnant, um, no matter what they call themselves. Uh, and um, so, you know, it led me to write that article recently that was posted on the Christian Post. Something the title was like, uh, you know, uh, uh, will Twitter uh, allow, you know, truth to be tweeted, you know, transgender, you know, to be truth about, or will, will they allow truth to be tweeted about transgenderism or something like that? Because you know, they, they, they were trying to shut that down. But um, all of this is going on, Son, as the ship is going down. And so we never want to make more, we never want to give more attention to all the problems on the ship, and there are many, than we do to the one Savior, the lifeboats that are out there that are available for people to get into. Because I tell you, this ship is going to go down. The Bible says the world and everything in it is going to be burned up. Um, now, there'll be a new heaven and a new earth, the home of righteousness that God's going to create and is creating. Um, but, but the only hope anyone has, Son, whatever their issues, whether they're conservative, liberal, atheist, Buddhist, you know, a Christian, the only hope is to trust Christ and be saved. And then the Bible says you're a Christian. Um, you're now in a lifeboat. And when the ship goes down, and it's going to go down, then you end up going to heaven when you die or when Christ comes back, whichever happens first. So with all of these things we talk about, addictions, ideologies, you know, Satanism, um, liberals, conservatives, you know, mainstream media, Twitter, uh, you know, fentanyl, um, Jesus is our message. Be, be, because even if the world could get these issues figured out, son, even if the world could figure out, and it won't, you know, addiction, or figure out um, gossip, 
or figure out pornography or figure out, you know, there will always be man's heart that's going to be moving in the direction of sin, his sinful nature. The sinful nature will be prone toward that. And there will always be those sons who, by God's grace, are going to discipline, be disciplined and say no. Because the grace of God is going to, it teaches believers to say no to ungodliness and worldly passion. Worldly passion. So, so this is what we're, we're, we're seeking to do in our own lives, um, to come to Christ this Easter, to come to the cross, say, Lord, have mercy on me, a sinner. I'm just as guilty as anyone else. Um, have mercy on me, a sinner, Lord. Help me to lead some others to you, Lord. And we just have to always remember, Son, that, that if in our minds we see other people as bigger, sinner, bigger sinners than ourselves, then that's a real pride issue we need to pray about. Because that just simply is not the case. We are all equal. We are all sinners at the foot of the cross. Some people are reaching out to Jesus for salvation like the one thief did. Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus said, you know, I tell you the truth. Today you'll be with me in paradise. Um, or whether you're, you're, you're like the other thief. Um, whether you're like the Pharisees, the religious leaders. Whether you're like Pilate, who said, what is truth? He didn't know what truth was. And Simon, let's tell you today, people don't know what truth is. That's why you got, you got the president of the United States saying, we need to, to protect the rights of little boys who want to be girls. We need to protect the rights of little girls who want to be boys. Because he is so confused in his own mind about the gospel, about the Lord. Obviously, he's confused about the Lord. Because if he wasn't confused about the Lord, um, you would hear him witness for the Lord. Um, it doesn't matter what position you're in. If you're a Christian. You, you've got Christians in Hollywood. Um, you know, like, take Kirk Cameron, for example. He's, a, he's, a, he's somebody in Hollywood. He doesn't mince any words about, you know, who his savior is. No president should ever have to do that. And if people don't like it, tough. Um, if you're a Christian, you have a higher calling. And if, if they don't want to elect you because they don't like your Christianity, and there have been plenty of politicians who, who uh, the world has said, we're not going to vote for them. We don't want you. Um, but, but if you have a president, then they're going to they're gonna, um, they're gonna talk about the Lord. I'm not saying they're going to become preachers. Um, you know, they're, they're there to do a job. And that's what many people liked about Donald Trump. I mean, many people, you know, hated, you know, so many of his tweets, so much of his behavior. And I, you know, and, and, and what's going on in Donald's heart in terms of the Lord? That's between, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, you know, that there were plenty of issues there that did not look anything like the Christians that we read about in the New Testament. But having said that, um, so much of what he did looked like a businessman. And it looked like a leader. It looked like things that our nation needed. Now, fortunately, we weren't electing a, uh, a theologian in chief because we'd have been in a real mess. I mean, I think, you know, and I, as I shared with you, I mean, I think there was a situation where Donald Trump was asked about, you know, does he ask God for forgiveness? And he made that comment about, well, he doesn't really don't have anything to ask forgiveness for. Um, you'll never hear a Christian say that. So I'm not saying Donald Trump is a Christian, but you'll never hear a Christian say that. So hopefully he's had a change of heart on that. Hopefully he's, you know, come to the Lord and realized that he has at least as many sins as anybody else. But if he hasn't, doesn't mean he can't, you know, lead the country. Um, you know, we're, we're not looking for a pastor to be the president. We're looking for somebody who can, you know, deal with Putin and, 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 and help the people in Afghanistan the way they weren't helped with that miserable uh, 
the whole miserable affair and all the people who suffered when our military was pulled out first. And, and just the basic things like economic things and gas and oil issues and, and, and focusing more on the needs of people than on some transgender agenda that, you know, that, that Biden was talking about in one of those, um, one of those little town halls there before he was elected. And talking about, you know, he's going to stand up for these little eight and 10 year olds who want to be a different gender. Well, you know what, son? We never needed somebody like that in the White House, but that's what we got. That's what we got. And that's why many people have said this is a disaster. I'm not saying Trump was some, you know, perfect president by any stretch. But um, I tell you what, if, if, if you got somebody who's going to take a stand and be pro life, and they're going to come in and, and they're going to show that they know how to lead and they know how to stand up to bullies in the world. And, you know, that's what I'm going to look for. I'm not going to look for somebody who's going to be, well, let me, let me wait until I find a holy man or a holy woman. Then I'll vote for them. <laughs> well, good luck. Um, I mean, there are some politicians. So I will say this. Um, I think Mike Pence, for example, not that he's going to run for president, but I mean, Mike Pence, um, was a very, very different politician than, you know, than Donald Trump in terms of, you know, both, both would have said, you know, Trump was talking about, you know, being a new Christian. Mike Pence has been a Christian a long time and the spiritual maturity um, was demonstrated in Mike Pence. Um, I'm not, I'm not here to say I have any idea what was going on in Donald Trump's heart, whether he was a believer or not. Uh, believers don't say that they, they don't need forgiveness. Um, so again, I hope he's, I hope he's come to see his need for Jesus, um, and his need for forgiveness. But, you know, if I'm going to vote for president, I, I, I'm not going to wait until somebody, um, is holy enough to do that job because, um, then you won't vote for anybody. And, and if that's how a person's led, then that's how they're led. Then, you know, then they don't vote for anybody, but, but that's on a much lower realm than when we're talking about King Jesus. Our mission is not political as Christians. Our mission is the spiritual kingdom. And this other stuff, you know, it's going on and we're trying to navigate through that. But we as Christians are not called to make politics. I mean, I think there are some Christians who aren't called into that realm as like a major calling, of course. But by and large, as Christians, we are called to reach the world for Christ. And, and fortunately, son, we don't have to rely on the politicians to lead us in that. Um, we have Jesus leading us, and we have many men and women who are very noble Christians who are also doing their part. Dan Dozell with us each and every week as we talk about the issues that go on in this world through a biblical perspective. And, Dan, we thank you so much for your time and for sharing with us what's on your heart and from your experience as well, and we appreciate it. And we look forward to uh, many more conversations as God allows Absolutely, Son. Well, thank you again, and uh, I look forward to that uh, every week. And if you'd like to find out uh, or listen to more episodes, you can always go to RadioWarp.com. That's Radio W-A-R-P, RadioWarp.com. Click on the Sanctified Reason logo there, and all the other uh, podcast episodes pop up, and you can uh, pick and choose. I recommend listening to them all, but you can go through and look at the titles and see what's there and uh, listen to past episodes as well. Hey, thanks for listening. Do tell a friend. And until next time, God bless.